Remember. It's been a while, Brennan. Has it really? Uh, okay, we do see each other on a regular basis, so we live in town and we're poking at each other all the time, but have we sat down and podcasted in a while? Like a week ago. Okay, fine. But it feels like forever, because we did like two different trips, but two really good trips. Is this just like your standard? It's been a while. Yes. <laughs> we come on to the podcast. Absolutely. Why not? I have to have some kind of shtick. Dude. It's, it's a horrible dude, shtick. right? Right. So <sighs> I guess we should introduce the third dude sitting at the table with us because... We're going to do, do a round robin style? Yeah, let's do a round robin. So Wait, Dan's with us today. So what is round robin? Round robin. I shoot first. Is that what that is? No, seriously. When you say round robin, what the crap does that mean? The robin goes round. You know, it's 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 a euphemism. So you don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Yeah, Hold on. Do I. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google it real quickly. It's, you know, here it is. We are like what thirty seconds. In. Okay, we're a minute ten in, and we're already having to Google something. Man, good lord. Yeah. Well, while you're sitting there googling, uh, <laughs> let's do some introductions, um, just because we haven't done it in a while. So, uh, don't remember. I'm Brandon, um, and then Dave over here to my whatever side you are, right? Left across the table. Asian right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you may know, if you've listened to our podcast at all, uh, you probably will recognize the voice of our newest member. Yeah, my name's Dan. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in the background. Now I'm in the foreground. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Um, we kind yeah. of stole his voice. You hear it every time. But you don't know it's his voice. Don't cover your mouth because oh. it's causing it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, good times. Yeah, talking like this doesn't work too well. Man, this is going to be a bad one. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, yes, this is so fun. And, oh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, hey, a round-robin tournament, or all-play-all tournament, is a competition in which each contestant meets all other contestants in turn. So it's no holds bar. So you just yell out your name and we'll run around. So we really don't want that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Dave and Dan and Brandon. So that's kind of a little confusing, right? No. No. Okay. So I don't think so. I can keep it short. Yeah. Well, I'm slow, so. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> so Dave, you uh, well, Dan and I went up there to a wonderful Victory Bible Camp and had an men's awesome weekend, chucking spears and doing men's stuff, stuff. machines and doing all the manly man stuff. You uh, decided to bail on us. It's not exactly how it went down. My calibrated icrometer was a touch off, I think is the best way to describe it. So That means you done screwed up. No, 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 no. So here's the deal. So my coworker comes to me and says, Dave, let's go on a charter. It's going to be this weekend. And I looked at the calendar and I went, oh, well, that should be the, 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 the retreat should be the weekend before. It shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, I could do that. And then all of a sudden it comes out that they're on this exact same weekend. And I kind of already committed, so away I go to the fabulous charter, which was great. You done screwed up. You had a choice. Fishing mm. <laughs> over Bible camp. Mm-hmm. God will forgive me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so I went up and uh, did a chart with up. It's actually down, I guess. Yeah, Homer. Homer. yeah I went out of Homer. So. Drove down the night before. Four and a half. It's uh, it's a little different drive because I've driven it in the summer. I've never driven it in the winter because I've only been up here about four years. Fun. 
it's a little different, but it was really warm. So it's kind of different to see the, the like the snow and everything melt off your truck as you're driving. Because mm-hmm. it got just warm enough. Like here in town, it was like 28, 29 degrees. So everything's still frozen on your truck. But as you drive, it got up to like 37. And you watch all the stuff melt off your truck. It was kind of really weird. But uh, it was an uneventful trip down. Uh, Dude, what does that mean, down? Uh, was it an eventful trip back? Uh, no, actually it wasn't. Uh, you know, the, the, the roads were pretty clear, but it, we had a really bad windstorm come through Homer okay. that night. And so that next day it was kind of colder. And so just the truck wanted to, you know, check out the back end a little bit and try and swap ends a few times. But it's sure. not like it was terrible. I mean, my I have a Toyota and I love it. But the downside is it doesn't like an all-time four-wheel drive function. So it when I'm driving on the highway, I'm in two-wheel drive. So you hit some of that ice, and it tends Not to want like them good American-made Fords, where you can lock that four wheel in and just cruise. The Suburban will do the exact same thing. It, and by the way, the Fords that I he keeps like you know having to defend himself with this. I know, it's, I know. Insecurity. Uh, no, I was gonna say driving the Ford. Well, I say in the Ford that we have, and because we have, uh, I, I said this last night when we were all talking. Yeah, I have. It's a Ranger. <laughs> See? But hey, you know what? It runs, it drives, it does everything I need it to do. Yeah. It's actually dad's, but it has two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, just like the Toyota does. And then I have a real car in the garage once it runs. But anyways. That's true. You do have a nice little Ford in the, in the garage that he's got. What year is it? It's a 70 Mustang. 70 Mustang. Wow. Mach 1? No. Wow. Just the coupe. That throws me a pause. This is Brandon. I'll just record this. Yeah, are you I'll outside? Go, I'll come back and cut it out. I gotta run out. And... Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just. I'll... Okay. We're recording again. So your turn out of Homer. Who'd you go with? I went with Driftwood. Uh, Driftwood Bay? No. Driftwood. This is like a neighborhood. Here. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> it's, it's really close. Driftwood Charters with okay. Captain Shane. Is his name? Little older guy, gray hair, kind of. I feel like those would be the dudes you want to go with. I'm not disagreeing. Uh, His deckhand was a chick, which kind of, from me, was kind of weird because the last time I'd been on a charter was it was a dude that's the deckhand, and I've always seen like male fishermen. I mean, not that female fishermen don't exist, but just there's a not as many of them floating around. Bold statement there, Cotton. No, I'm just saying that's just been my experience. So, I mean, she was really good. She hustled hard. She did everything she was supposed to do. But, I mean, it's not like it was bad. It was just, it was just, it was one of those things initially you kind of go, oh, interesting. Because a lot of guys, where I, when I came from the Pacific Northwest, they go, I mean, I don't know how many times when we had a female in the boat, they go, oh, you're taking a split tail with you, huh? I, I remember this. I mean, I would hear that. I mean, I'd hear that at the dock. I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying we said that because we had the female on our boat. But, you know what I'm saying? But, like, guys will say that. Um, oh. I've heard it multiple occasions. You see a lot of gals down in Whittier that are dead cans. And, right. Know, like, husband and wife team. And yeah. Yeah. Running their charters. Yeah. And I, say, I think it's a little bit more, it's interesting because Alaska is a little bit more progressive in some in some respects. Um, because we just don't care what you, who you are, per se, as it is. We just care that, are you doing the job? Yeah. Are you able to, you know, perform and do the job? I mean, I don't care what your nationality is, what your skin color is, what your sexual orientation is. That doesn't matter. It's are you doing the job. Mm-hmm. Versus in the lower 48, they tend to get more upset about that other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just my, my personal opinion. I, I can't say that I've experienced any of that, mostly because I grew up here. And 
Right. Yeah, it's like, pull your weight. There you go. Which is a different lifestyle. Yeah. You know? Well, this is Portland that I came from essentially last, before I came up here. So, mm-hmm. we do keep... Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the charter was good. Uh, so, what did you go for? Like, what was, like, this time of year, what did you go for? Kings and Claws. And you so, have to so winter kings. Yeah, and you have to spell that clause with a K, just so it sounds new school and really cool. He's giving me the dirtiest look right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> so does we, it make the gravitational get there? No, it doesn't. No, no. no. Okay. It's just it, it sounds just makes cool. you sound cool. cool hip. Yeah, I'm get trying. You a sideways hat and like a you know what what the cool kids wear now? Flat brim, flat brim hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Dave no. with a flat brim hat. Not gonna happen. but we went out for kings and claws and kind of rock fish if we had the opportunity uh so we got we went down to the boat nice thing about winter time in alaska you're starting at first light which is what 8 30 so we hit the boat at 8 30 uh fired up the boat went over got gas stove oil meanwhile you know he went through a safety function check you know here's where my fire extinguishers are at this is where this is at you know he went through all those pieces which was nice i don't remember them doing that last time I was on a charter, but I'm sure really? they probably did. I think that's a that's a requirement from the Coast Guard. But the last time I went on a charter was 20 years ago. I mean, I was a kid. Mm. So I probably just probably don't remember it. Yeah, so like I said, but it was really nice. Um, he, you know, we, we motored out a Homer there and tried to avoid all the seals. Again, back to the seal shooting that we talked about a couple podcasts ago. Mm. Yeah. We were uh, discussing... Uh, there's the oh, what, what, what do they call it the um, underwater fishermen I think is what they call themselves don't quote me on that but they're the 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 mollusk the and uh, sea cucumber gooey duck harvesters in southeast Alaska right so they do the the free dive down go down and all the stuff bring it back up for commercial right but otters have been devastating down that way mm. so they actually want to have a harvest season put in place in southeast Alaska. Wow. So cruise out of Whittier, drop your shrimp pots, go pull up a couple flatties, and then pop a couple honors on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool critter. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really cool to see them. I mean, of course, the funny part was, is I, so I went out with my dad. We had G on the boat. She is another case manager where I work. Mm-hmm. Her, her son, Oogie, I love the names, dude. Well, so <laughs> she doesn't like her actual given name, so she goes by G. Uh, she is native. Okay. Uh, but uh, Oogie, his real the given name is Timothy, but he goes by, and Oogie means my heart or my love, something like that in the translation. So he goes by Oogie. Super nice kid. He was He's 11. Super excited to be out there, just but followed instruction. You know, he wasn't like all over the map, but just he's one of those really good kids. You go, let's take him back out again. Yeah. And then I had a resident with me. From work because I work with residents and so Neil's so this, like a new doctor, right? Yeah, new doctor. Well, he's the third year now. Third year. So that's a new doctor. Eh, no, that's doctor. No, no, he's actually a doctor. Oh, he, yeah. he is. He is an MD. He does have his NPI, our national provider and uh, uh, national provider number, or NPI is what they call it for short. So he is a doctor. He can write scripts. If I said Mike, hook me up and give me a script for fill in the blank, he could do it. Hmm. Now, he probably won't. For lots of different reasons, but for the right reasons. Well, agreed. But it's one of those things. So we were all on a boat, so it's a bunch of medical people out on the boat. So you can imagine how this went. Anyways, 
So I said, I mentioned the whole Art of Harvest thing and the whole boat lit up with like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we were talking about it and the agreement was is that if we shot one, we would have to do gloves and some kind of fur kini and, and, and go out. And sure, if that's what it takes, I would, you know, <laughs> I'd, it'd be warm. They might be a little sweaty, but <laughs> a little swampy. <laughs> yeah, but we filled up, you know, and then we cruised out, uh, cruised out. Interestingly enough, the Time Bandit was there in Homer. And I said, they're, they're based at home. They're based at the home. Strand boys are from home. Yeah. So it was interesting to kind of see that boat. And one of the other boats from that, you know, they're big boats. Like you don't, I mean, they're bloody big boats, yeah. especially when you're cruising by and I like a 27, 28 footer, you know, that's sure your normal, like it's a so, big sports boat. You know what I mean? I worked with a, a girl and her and her family and friends and everything were home and hanging out, just doing the normal summertime thing. And, the Hillstrand boys were there at their boat park, and of course they go over taking pictures. And, oh, it's so cool, right? Right. And uh, they're like, "You guys want to go out?" Like, yeah. So just got a little pictures of them. They pulled them up on the boat. Granted, these are you know, twenty, twenty-one year old girls. Okay, so they're so, tight in all the right places, and yeah. uh, they have all the right and, uh, uh, figures. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, she was there with her brother. I think she said he was military. I can't remember. So it was kind of a dual like. So yeah, they took them out, dropped halibut lines, threw some crab pots out. And wow! Yeah, it's not a cheap boat. No, <laughs> they must have been like already had it, you know, doing something. something or but yeah, they threw some on. But then again, if you make enough money on that boat, what do you care? You just, just have fun. Cruise around the bay, a little especially bit, if there's right? some lady and potential lady action, and you uh, are single and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so. Yeah, cruised out of Homer, and we went maybe mile out of the of the. Oh, you weren't very far at all. Well, no, no, no. So, yeah, we weren't very far at all. Period. But we went maybe about a mile out from the the dock, and we roll up, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna grab our grab pots. It's the first thing we're gonna do." And so they're allowed to help, but they can't like pull it up. Mm-hmm. And so you go with the davit, and you have to pull it up. And I was like, "So how much water are we in?" He's like, "Order fifty ish feet of water." I'm like, "Thank God for the davit." Yeah, you're just in there pulling line and line and line. And we got 28 crabs all sudden done in the pot. One was a female. What kind of crab are you pulling in? Tanner. Tanner crabs. So I come from Dungeness country where Mm -hmm. they're a little sweet meat. By comparison, not as sweet. Still very good crab. I'll still do it again in a heartbeat. But it's crabs. Yeah, yeah. It's like a red salmon versus a king. You know what I mean? Like, we all have our preference, and that's my point. But... (laughs) I had like the ultimate Alaska move the other day. Mm. Yeah, so we uh, we order all our dog food. We're going off on a rabbit trail here, boys. Just hang on for the ride. Oh boy, <laughs> Brandon and his rabbit trails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dog food must have to do with bears. Uh, no, oh, actually, no. So we order all our dog food online, Amazon it because it just shows up when we want it, and then we get what for that order. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we had a, about a two day gap of. Dog food didn't show up. Oh, crap. So, all right, I'm not going to go buy dog food. I've already bought a whole bag of it. And, you know, it's because I'm cheap, basically. And, uh, or broke, one or the other. Yes. Combination <laughs> of the two. He's married, so, he's broke. We know how this works. <laughs> so, um, I uh, just cooked up some, you know, some rice. And I'm going to go get to grab some salmon, some old salmon from the freezer. Throw in there. And uh, I was out of salmon. No salmon in there. It's February. I know. 
got a little bit before the salmon run. I'm like, oh. So my next thought was, well, crap, what else do I got in here that I can... You should have called your buddy Dave. Well, I should have, but because it was like... I yeah. guarantee you I have some freezer for salmon. I below, and I didn't want to run up the hill just for a fillet of salmon. Because laying in the bottom of my fridge was some halibut somebody had given me. Oh. And to take care of the halibut, they wrap it in saran wrap and put it in Ziploc bags. That's how they uh, took care of it. So it's all freezer burned and crappy and everything. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. Right? <laughs> so, dog food it is. Dog food <laughs> it is. So my dog's got rice and halibut. That's a spoiled dog. <laughs> yes, it is. I kind of almost want to be his dog for a little right. bit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, she doesn't even chase. Well, she'll chase a dog. She doesn't like guns though. Yeah. So worthless just... dog. Not as worthless as my dog, but yeah. my dog's even more worthless. You bring out the firearm, like you just bring the firearm out of the out of the case, <laughs> and she cowers and like hauls to the other side of the house, like straight up, like no way, no how. Right. She used to never be a problem with firearms until I shot a raccoon at the old house that was trying to get into the uh, chicken coop. So she barked because she was an outdoor dog at the time, and then. I shot this raccoon, and ever since shooting that raccoon, she's like, nope, that thing makes a lot of noise, and you end up with holes in you, and you are dead. Mm-mm, no mm-hmm. way, no how. Mm-mm, don't like that thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. so we we roll up on the on the crab pot, and yeah. we pull this crab pot up. Now, first of all, I'm used to, when I crabbed in the lower 48, it was about 30, 40 feet of water in the bays in, in and around Oregon. Sure. And so now we're in 450 feet of water, which it's a, it takes a little time. And it was a big crab pot, so it's like one of those things where they say, hey, you're only allowed two per vessel. It's just like, you know, with the shrimp, you're only allowed three per vessel, depending upon the year and all that kind of stuff. But right now, it's two per vessels, which are allowed for sport uh, for sport guys, and five crabs each. So I was like, okay, so we're probably going to pull up two of these and run my head. No, we only pulled up one crab pot. That's all he throws mm-hmm. out there. But it's one big crab pot. I mean, it's probably four feet across and probably a foot and a half tall. And we pulled in. So that's it's a little bigger than shrimp pots. Yeah, it's it it's actually when you think about it, actually, it's, it's a decent size it's pot. A, it's a decent size pot. Like it's it took two of us to throw it. Like it was heavy, it was made out of rebar. Like it was not like a one man deal. Hmm. So it's a homemade pot. It was a homemade pot of some kind. Anyway, so we ended up with twenty seven to twenty seven crab. That's how we brought home. So we had twenty eight crab because there was one female. We had chucked her back, hmm. and they're a lot smaller. So the females are really like super small, and like you can identify them like just like looking at them like. It's just like, oh, there's a female. Like, it's oh, okay. there's no question in your mind. So you can flip them over on the belly. The bellies look totally different, but the females are real small. The mm-hmm. males are the bigger ones. And I don't think we had a single crab other than the female we had to throw back. They were all four and a half inches. Oh, they were all legals. Wow, wow. And, uh, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, throw them in two big bins. And the nice thing was is G was like, look, my daughter's allergic to, she has shellfish allergy. Oogie doesn't really care for crab. So I'll take two crab. You want what's left? So I came back with twenty crabs. Because she's like, I just don't need them. Right. So now I've got. Well, I don't have that many anymore. But I came back with twenty crab in the in the in the freezer. So that was like the opening salvo of hey, this is a good day. So it's I'm just trying to get into my head. How much per person? It's five per person. Per so person. what you would say, but you have five people on the boat. The yeah. nice thing about Alaska is we're allowed to proxy. And in my pocket, I brought my mom's proxy with me. So yeah. I was allowed to proxy. So I could still do it because it's good for the whole year. Sure. So I can take all of her kings, all of her, anything fishing related I can take to work. <laughs> I'm required to, by state law, give it to the to the beneficiary, my mom. Mm-hmm. 
uh, within 30 days of kill. Well, so happens to just live with you. So right. So and she just wants to sneak up on it in the in the uh, freezer. So it's really cool. I just say, hey, mom, they're in the freezer. Go sneak up on them whenever you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So after that, we went out and we went to the far side, kind of by the Soldovia area, and tried okay. to kind of get around the corner there. And we were just kind of trolling back and forth. Um, had some electric down riggers, which are super nice. I've never used those style before, but I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, if you're doing it professionally, obviously, and they're like semi-pro, if you will, electric down riggers are the way to go. For me being cheap, I might use good old-fashioned hand crank ones, but it's not the end of the world. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to save a buck where you can. <laughs> down or the electric ones are three times, four times. Expensive, exactly. So I both, just like giving them crap because it's. Uh, I'm a cheap, cheap right. tightwad. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's not as that you're a cheap tightwad. It's just that. Ask my wife. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's like, hey, that's a really cool four wheeler. Oh, I think I can make one cheaper. Right. <laughs> you're like, really? Yes, I probably could too. That's the crazy <laughs> part. I got the tools. Uh, but anyways, uh, no, I'd buy a downrigger. I wouldn't try and build one. Although, yeah. no, just, yeah, just right. yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, so we only fished three rods at any one time off the back of the boat just because of the way it worked. We had a lot of sea. I mean, he had it set up to where he could probably do four or five rods depending upon what you're doing. But when you're trolling along with the seas, it was it started off at about one to two footers. And then the wind started kicking up. And as by the time we got to about noon, we were battling five foot waves and with up to a 15 mile an hour wind. What size boat? Uh, 27 foot, 20, 20 foot. I mean, it's like a large, like if you go down to Bass Pro and you say, when you look at their largest like sport vessel, it's that size. Like it's got a little, you know, head on it. And it's got a little Alaskan bulkhead. This was an older boat, but he had repowered it with Yamahas. There were newer Yamahas in the back. No kicker. But it was just kind of one of those things where you just went, huh, interesting. Five footers, pretty good size waves for. It is. It is. It was, I mean, it was one of those things. Like, it was, I mean, standing up in the back of the boat, you had to be on your game. It was not a place if you weren't steady on your feet. Sure. Uh, but having said that, that was when we were catching, and we caught five kings out there. Largest was probably somewhere in the 25-pound range. It's a good fish. Uh, it's a good fish. I'm not complaining about it. The smallest was maybe 15 pounds. Uh, but a lot of good meals. And then we spent the next, we, it got so bad that we were like, okay, we got to hightail it out of there. So we, we went out of there. We went over by, they call it the power line area, which is kind of back towards Homer in some of the kind of by Grass Island and Yukon Island. There's some power lines and they were just, we're just trolling back and forth and nothing hit. Uh, we did get one uh, sea bass as well in all of it. So it wasn't a bad haul. It's was, pretty crazy when you think about it. February in Alaska, we're froze up solid. And yeah, we're we can still go fishing out on the ocean, right? For king, right? And then have the you know tripping closed, but yeah. you can you got the benefit of crab season being over, so you can still go for multi-species. Yeah, absolutely. In February in Alaska, mm -hmm. absolutely. So cool. The the other nice thing was is that it it was just something different to do in the middle of February, like you say. It was open water, which I'm craving. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, not that I don't mind ice fishing. I mean, ice fishing can be a lot of fun, but. You just get tired of being cold. You get tired of just kind of the sure. always fighting the ice and always fighting the ah, just frozen. And now I got to put my snow gear on. And now I feel like Michelin Stave Puff Marshmallow Man. It was nice to go out in nothing more than I mean, I had my old rain slicker and my rain pants from the army because they didn't want them back because it's the old camouflage pattern. And then I had my big heavy fleece underneath 
and then a set of gloves, uh, with, uh, neoprene gloves that you could buy at Walmart for 20 bucks, and a hoodie, or a little, uh, excuse me, a skull cap, you know, and that was it, like, that was, it was nice to just sit down there. Warm enough. Plenty warm, I mean, it was, I, it hovered about the freezing mark the whole time, 30, 31, 32, somewhere in there. It's not bad. But it was not it's bad. Really not bad. Compared to 15 below, which we have been. Like, it was not yeah. bad. I mean, you felt really, I mean, you felt warm out there. And then he had the little heater. So if you got cold, you just go in the cab and warm up and talk to the captain for a minute and then go back out on the back and away you go. Sure. So it was nice. Um, but definitely makes me crave open water more and more. <laughs> you know, growing up here, being around the salt enough, and then, you know, when my family was either here or in the, um, the Seattle Bremerton, like that area. So I just grew up with salt water all over the place. So there's just something about having that salt water. Well, what's really interesting about it, so I was watching a video, and I it's about this time of year. I don't know if it was taken this year or if it, I think it was taken this year, mm-hmm. where they have the tugs out at the, the port where they're actually breaking up the ice Yeah. at the port here in Anchorage. Sure. But you drive four and a half hours south, and doing it wrong, in the actual, like, like in the harbor, there was some ice. Like we, you know, bounced off a little bit of ice, but it was like totally like it's not like a little sliver of water that you were cutting down. Like it was, you could totally get your boat in and out of there. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal, but it's just kind of interesting in the sense that you have to go that far south to get to where there's open water. I mean, I know Whittier is one of the reasons why Whittier is so popular in terms of like from like a commercial perspective is it's an ice-free harbor year-round. So they bring all that stuff in on the train into in, in in here and then on up to Fairbanks. So it's to me, it's just kind of very interesting. Seward's the same way. Right. So Seward's, Seward's a, actually one of the warmest uh, bodies of water that's that size in the world. To the point where they're actually doing a lot of, and I think it's UAF, is doing a lot of uh, research on how they can use that the, to, with geothermal heating. Right. Well, the Austin Sea Life Center is actually powered and heated some sort of thermal or something. Thermal thing from the, the, the dam. So Interesting. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's kind of really weird. I mean, when you're thinking about it, like you came back home and everything's frozen again. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're looking around going, hey, I want to go fishing. Oh, it's ice fishing. And you kind of go after going out for kings. Not that ice fishing's bad, but just kind of, uh, mm-hmm. little, uh, yeah. but it was good. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Um, he did, Shane did a really good. I keep on calling him Lance. I don't know why, but uh, who knows? Shane did a really good job. He, you know, kept us on fish. He didn't. Uh, he, I never felt uncomfortable on the boat. Like you know, something you say five foot waves. I never felt like he was out of control. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had the boat like positioned right in the water. All the little details. Like I never felt like I was like going, oh, this is getting sketchy fast. Sure. So that was nice. Um, but eh, you know, I'd do it again. For sure, uh, different than the, than the other charters I've been on, but again, it's been 20 years since I've been on a charter, and that was a lower 48, so I only have one to compare it to. But, but it was fun, you know. Got to see some moose on the way back. Went through Soldatna, of course, and all that craziness because they had gotten a snow. Well, because so that night, so we come in the harbor about five five thirty, and just the wind was whipping really good at that point in time. Like it was just whipping, 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 and. So we, you know, get off the boat, get all the stuff loaded up, and we drive back to the hotel, and power's out. Hmm. Yeah. Which is like, dude, I just, I mean, you, you've been working all day. You've been out on the salt. Like, a hot shower sounds really nice right about now. 
Yeah. So we went out to dinner uh, to a little place. Uh, they call it the the Alibi there in Homer. It's a little dive bar and like eatery kind of thing. And at first you kind of you roll up to it. It looks like a trailer, and you're kind of going, "Hmm, really? This looks sketchy." You walk in, and the first thing you see is right where the band plays. Like, okay, so this is a bar. Oh no, they have really good food there. I mean, it's really good food. I powered through some food and went, yeah, that's good. And then by the time we got back, power was back on, warm showers, got up next morning and you know, drove home. So and then I had to clean everything, which is one of those, I love it. But you hate it. But you hate it. Because, I mean, I love, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind cleaning fish. I don't mind cleaning my you know, my animals. But same token, that's when the work begins. Like, we had all the fun. Now it's time to work. Yep. So I got to use the new backpacker, which is nice. What brand is that? You get? L.E.M. It's a, big, it's a big aluminum, well, stainless, okay. excuse me. What is that? There's two different types. There's the ones like the, the old Weston that I have that just sucks the like air the, out of it. Yeah, that's a food saver. They call it a vacuum packer. This is a, yeah. um, this is a vacuum chamber style. So, there's a, yeah. so the, there's a big chamber on top, and you have to hold it down, and then as you hold it down, it sucks it all down, and then it, it just it runs, and you're like, it's not doing anything, and all of a sudden it goes, it quits, the motor quits creating the vacuum, and all of a sudden it goes, and it just sucks all the air out. It's, it looks like a commercial style when you're all done. Yeah. Which is nice. Go quicker. I, yeah, I think overall it's going to be quicker. But I think the it's a bigger seal. It's a better seal. And I think that's the better thing. Because, I mean, I have, so I have an old food saver. And I've had like two or three of them now. My wife and I got one for our wedding gift years ago. And so we would buy big bricks of cheese and just kind of suck pack things down. So we wouldn't lose as much and, you know, be cheaper. But when... We went out dip netting this last year. We're using the food saver. Just we have a lot of loss this year, and so I started figuring it out, like in my head. So I saw the deal at Costco. Normally these things are like twelve hundred bucks a piece, right. and they had one for six hundred dollars. And I'm like, Heather and I both looked at it. We're like, Ooh. we were talking about it. We've been talking about it, and I was like, going, well, we've lost six hundred dollars worth of fish in our freezer right this year. Right. So I think like it's I mean, we've done. Uh, where we go to Alaska Butcher Supply and you can rent one for seventy five bucks and three families go in on it. Three families sure. get all their stuff done and uh, I'll have fish that's two years in the freezer. So it's great. Talk about commercial. Yeah, for the big commercial yeah. thing. I don't know, we we've got a couple of food savers and we lost too much fish. Rachel, my wife, I think it was about two maybe three years ago, she started wrapping it in cellophane. Okay. Then in the wax paper, and we've not lost a single piece piece of fish. Huh. It was. I mean, it's a little bit more time, but you know, you can get all the air out of it with the cellophane. Right, and, and then, then you got the double protection. That's all we do anymore. Hmm. We put up with all the. Fish. No, yeah. You guys eat fish. Dan's fishy. I'm not in a good way. In the smooth, smooth end of it. Yeah. So we we love it. I don't know. Now that I've spent all the money, I kind of want to stick with what I got. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong way. In theory, you know, hopefully you're eating as much as you can of your fish and your game that you're getting so you're not wasting it anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing sucks worse than when you go out to the freezer and you see something that's in the bottom of the freezer that's like, because I have a ch- two chest freezers yeah, and if I'm getting... Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, it's, you know, because... I just hate with the thought of yeah, that could have gone to somebody, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And it's nothing worse than you just know it's a cheap seal. Mm-hmm. 
Dan, what's your uh, favorite charter memory in Alaska? Man, I've only been on a couple up here, and then obviously since we bought the boat. Yeah, we know how that goes. That. Dan is our charter. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I'll have to buddy boat with him. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. Get out and raft up. But this past uh, spring, I went out with a buddy of mine, Hunter Keogh. He's got Keogh's Guide Service down in Greenland. Okay. And, man, we went out. We didn't go out too far, maybe 20 miles. What you had out in the Nilchak, the tractor launchers. Oh, oh man. How, how was that? Tell me how that was because I've seen it, right? I mean, I've, I've, like, watched it on, like, a good day. But how does that feel coming in and out of that joke? Because that's got to be weird to just cruising up at speed on the sand. You know, so I did it about 15 years ago, my first time up here to Alaska. And then I did it this year after having an ocean boat, my own boat. Mm. You'll not catch me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. But Hunter does it twice a day, you know, as a guide. Sure. But what was crazy is how fast we came in. I mean, we were up on staff. And no. He had his hands in the throttle and then just killed it. And we landed on the trailer. And about the time we landed on the trailer, the tractor's on the move. And we're coming out of the ocean. So this thing right there, if anyone's wondering what that is, picture a road grader. With the front end, it. I really think there's. I think there's skitters. Like we, that looks just like the skitter you'd use in like South Carolina that you see on TV, or it's uh, we'll use yeah, them. They're, just, they're loaders. They're are they loaders? Commercial right. loaders with, oh. no, with no bucket. Yeah. yeah. Just have a oh, stinger on it and yeah. hook up to your trailer. Big old fatty wide tires yeah. to going through the sand. You could YouTube it. It's worth the YouTube. Oh, oh for sure. We'll, yeah. we'll find something to put up on our social media stuff because it's it's oh man. And when you YouTube it to check it out, you'll see plenty of boat wrecks. Oh, those, yes. Those are on YouTube. <laughs> you guys that will miss your trailers. Yep. You know, and you see a boat laying sideways on Fortunately, the Fortunately, it doesn't screw with the, the, the launching. It's not like you're coming into the harbor and you screw it up. Your boat's laying on the middle of the, the launch. And everyone's now just waiting on you. a little bit. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, so. Waiting anyway, on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we went and fished with him. You know, just to hang out with a buddy and, and check out how he fishes and where he fishes. And so that, that was halibut, right? Halibut, yeah. Well, kings and halibut. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so we trolled first and collected up all of our kings and then went out and halibut <coughs> fished and collected all of our halibut and then came back in. But Hunter's been fishing down there for a long time, so he knows the water, he knows the terrain, um, knows how to fish, knows the bait. So I think anytime you know going with a charter, your your best money is to do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. You'll find a guy that really knows the water and knows the terrain, knows where to fish. But it's, it was interesting. So like when I walked up on the boat, because this was all set up through my coworker, so I didn't do any of that stuff, and she had been with him before and really had a good experience. But when I walked up on the boat, you know, it was interesting because he had all of his. Um, guiding decals because they give him a decal for 2019 2020 and he had probably 10 12 years worth of decals on the side of the boat which kind of speaks to hey he's been there doing this it's almost like a badge of honor like a i mean it's it's like tabs for your truck you know but you don't nobody really cares that you have registration for your 2004 chevy for years and years and years it's kind of assumed but when you are doing a guiding service, having that, it's, it kind of built a little bit of confidence. Not like, oh, he knows where he's going. It's not just some fly-by-night dude. Right. Right. But, Jack, I mean, 
put your homework in, find the right one because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I was just looking in Lenorchik, um, some Lenorchik, Alaska. Just, just on Google, fishing charters and everything, there's probably, I mean, there's 25 to 30 just in Lenorchik. So I asked them about that. I said, you know, what's the competition like? Because I was just kind of generally sure. chatting them up. And the deckhand, she says, there's somewhere between three and 400 charters on the south side of the peninsula. So I think that would be like the Nilchik, because sometimes yeah. they can't launch out of there. From the Nilchik to Homer, there's three or 400 of these guys that go out of there. So it's not like there's, you know, 12 guys to choose from. You've got a lot of choices, and some of these guys are better than others. Well, they are. And, you know, you gotta you got to interview these guys and check them out, because it's easy to run out to a chicken hook yeah. and go scratch your 25 or 30 pounders, but if you're going to go for big fish, you got to know that the boat captain can get there, that he knows where to go. And that's what you're paying for. I mean, yes, there is the rent of the boat, so to speak, but part of what you're paying for is just I have a limited amount of time and I don't have the time to put in to go find those holes. Because, I mean, it takes, I mean, you take your boat out. I mean, I have a 30 gallon tank and my, my boat's going to burn that in no time at all. Just, it's got a 350 Chevy under the hood. And so I know that every time I go out, it's, it's $3 a gallon, which is what it is right now here in Anchorage. It's $90 for me to go out there and buzz around. So it's $90 plus boat fees plus this. It doesn't take long to where you're kind of paying for that, A, use of the boat, but B, his knowledge of where things are at. And yeah, so sure. if you know where the, where the hole is at, it's super easy to just go out there and start just saying, you go back to the same kind of general 10 spots. Versus, and not that you can't do a lot of that research online at home on the computer, but it, there's a lot of things that you go, like my buddy from Lower 48 came up, we were looking at Navtronics. That's the company I use for all my onboard electronics. He's like, going, this should be a good spot. This should be a good spot. This should be a good spot. And I said, based on what I've been told, it's over here more. And he's like, that's really weird because I'd expect fish here, here, and here. And there may be fish here, there. It's just not very far out of Whittier. But it's, it was, we happened to be looking out of Whittier at that time. But it's just one of those things that if you're paying for I know that the fish are usually here. Yeah. They're around this pinnacle. I know so, I control here, and you can hit those lines on a consistent basis. So I think there's a little bit of math that, yes, you are paying for that, but it doesn't take a lot for some of these guys. I can go down to Homer, and I can deckhand for a season and know those spots. True. So we went out uh, with uh, so the owner of the company is awesome. He's a uh, veteran. Um, he was a Naval school teacher. He was an airman in the Navy Naval School. But um, he set his company up. So he chartered in the summer, taught school in the, in, in the winter. Uh, and he would take uh, uh, either lawyer advice. I don't know. But uh, he set the boat up fantastic. It was like the, the, the big Alumino. You, know, you drive down the highway, you see that Fergie and Parkland on the side of the road, right? Kind of going down to Lenorchik. And uh, he had it set up with they didn't have holder rods yet. The rod holders all set up on there, and it was great. But um, and uh, a good friend of mine had gone out with him, you know, a couple times. And I was like, man, it's a great guy, great charter. So he um, he had uh, first of all, he bought the boat and the lease. So I was looking up on the, the, the name of the fishing charter is all about fish charters and finding them. And the one of the rules in Alaska is if you have a charter boat, you own a boat, and you put the charter property on it, you cannot use it for personal fishing. It is now a charter boat. Huh, interesting. Yes. Now, you use that boat, that, and there's no time limit on that. Like, all of a sudden, you can just get rid of your, 
like not pay for your your charter license and everything like your guide license anymore, and you're no longer a charter bus. So pretty sure what happened was is once the KFO left, oh, he just charters. Now he has his bike, yeah. and it was paid for through how many years of charter, right? Which man, brilliant, right? Honesty, right? Right. So, but uh, so he got to the point where he had his decking. He was doing everything for California and everything, and we were actually one of the first ones. And talking to the, this guy, he was uh, he was young, mid mid twenties or late twenties. He'd been around all sorts of commercial fishing. That was his life. Just, just, That's his lifestyle. One of those guys, right? So uh, we uh, we went out to Homer instead of launching it to DP, and uh, we started cruising. But we're going out Barbados, and it was a blast. I'm talking. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Homer look that beautiful. It's just there were no waves. It was a zero wave day. Not even a one footer. It was just flat, and we cruised. And he's got you know. Mercury's on the back, which just on you know silent and just pushed that thing, and uh, we cruised. We went all the way to the Faroe Islands. No way. We're way out there. So that if you're if you're just you know throwing that out there, people trying to figure out where that is. That's from Homer halfway to Barbados. Yeah, that is probably, way out there. And miles, I think, hundred ish. Yeah, somewhere in there. So okay. we were we were out there. He's like, we're going after big ones, boys. Well. Couple of little things that should have thrown some flags for us is a, he didn't have a deck cam. First of all, and he says uh, he says yeah my deck cam left me last night. Come to find out he was sleeping with his deck cam. They broke up the night before. <laughs> she uh, so yeah, so no deck cam. He's like yeah I'll just put us into the current and, or I'll just uh, anchor us up. And, or no he didn't even say that. He's like I'll just I'll just run boat back and forth and we'll be all good. So we get out to where we're at now. There's some current out there. It's not all of one foot seas, like nothing big. And uh, but there's some current, and you're out in the middle of the ocean. That's some some serious water, right? I said, well, so I don't have an anchor. It's a uh, it's a uh, back of the truck. You mean the truck we just left about two hours ago? Yeah. Or an hour and a half ago? Uh, yeah. I'll just I'll just motor into the current, and then you can drop one of these. <laughs> Dan's over shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's tough fishing. So he tried it, and he was running back and forth, trying to bait lines, drop lines, and these came were right and left. And man, we were in a spot where we would have hit some fish, some big fish. But because he was not prepared, and he wasn't really thinking the customer service side of it, and this is what I need to do for fishing, right. um, he was more caught up in dealing with his texts and all this stuff, and this is the first, his first run out. We didn't catch anything. He's like, well, so then he pulls the, uh, now for any of you guys who have been on a charter before or even been out fishing before, he's like, you know what? This isn't working very well. I know a really good little honey hole we'll hit real quick. So we get back out there and we start hitting chickens. Like, oh, so we take a six chicken. Right. And of course, like the, the people from Hill 48 who first time to Alaska, paying for the charter, they're all excited. They're getting to catch out. They loved it. No, of course. So I mean, right. he, I mean, the first thing you anybody wants to be when you're on a charter, you want to be on fish, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, like, I'm not saying that. So he he hooked us up with a light tackle. Oh, that was a blast. That could be fun. That was a lot of fun. So you're you're using a you know king rod, dropping deep for halibut. That was a blast. But again, you're only getting you know the little 25, 30 pounders. I think the biggest fish we pulled out the whole day was about 45 pounds. 
You know, so. those 25 and 35 pounders, they're just great. And they are. It is a good fish. And, you know, most good sportsmen, you get a 100-pound caliber. Yeah, you don't put them down because yeah. that's when they're of age. And, and they're the breeders, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're laying 3 million eggs a year. Yeah. And that's right. a lot of reproduction. Sure. But there's a lot of loss there, but you do want to put your breeders back. You know what I mean? There's the yeah. there's value in saying, I'll just take the small one, and I'm so, with you. But on the charter 